ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Show. You guys are going to be amazed tonight. I have a legend with me. He's really a hero in my eyes. He's Daryl Sims, the alien hunter. You guys all know him because a bunch of my subscribers asked for him to come back on. You guys had specific questions for him. So he's back with us tonight. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. He's a master hypnotherapist, certified hypnotic anesthetist, certified master neurolinguistic practitioner, international speaker, licensed private investigator in the state of Texas and researcher of alleged human-alien encounters. His discoveries of alleged implantation and fluorescence found on abductees following reported contact by alien entities are but two finds that his medical scientific team explores. His website is alienhunter.org. And he has another website I just found out. It's uh, housedetective.org. Is that housedetective.us? Is that right, Daryl? Yes, I'm, uh, uh, that's, that is correct. I'm a private investigator in the state of Texas. That's amazing. Well, thank you for joining me once again. How are you? Uh, absolutely wonderful. Glad to be here tonight. I'm so happy to have you back. Like I said, you're one of my heroes in this field. I think, you know, what you do is amazing and the way you've been able to help people. And then my subscribers reached out to me and they were just like, please have Mr. Sims back on and ask me specific questions about, you know, they were dealing with, you know, trauma and PTSD from abductions, you know, therapy, um, trying to protect our children and stuff like that. Um, so I guess let's, let's start off from the beginning. So the people that don't know you, I'm sure everybody does, but you're, you're of the, just to let the audience know, you're of the, 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 the theory that these entities are not here to advance humanity. These are they're, they're more than negative. You deal with the abduction, right? Yeah, I, I think that uh, if you look at the scientific uh, and uh, philosophical data and everything, you ultimately will come out with the fact that there's something wrong with this picture, that if they're here to save the planet, fix the ozone hole, do all these wonderful things for mankind, and they hadn't done it in the last six to 10,000 years, when are they going to get started? So yeah. it makes, makes me wonder what else is going on. It, it really does. It makes me wonder why they're taking so much DNA from humans and what they're doing with all these. If they're, there's, remember Dr. David Jacobs talked about the hybrid program. Who knows whatever happened to them? Have you ever encountered people who've had these hybrid experiences or hybrid children and stuff like that? Uh, we've we've had a number of uh, the, the question actually is twofold. Um, yes, we've had people who claimed they had the hybrid experience, and second, uh, people that uh, seem to have had hybrid children. In other words, the alien during the pregnancy of a woman will often uh, artificially inseminate them with a second pregnancy and come and take the second fetus, usually in the first. A trimester, and uh, then later the abductee uh, often will not be told by the parent that they think that it was a spontaneous absorption or something like that. Then the kid at six or ten years old will say, "Mom, mom, they took me and all that." And she says, "Oh my gosh, tell me about it." She says, "I met my sister." Oh wow! Why didn't Why didn't you tell me I had a twin? And uh, anyway, it freaks the parents out. Something horrible. That, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's so weird. Um, but, but it makes me want, it makes me think all the more long, just to prove your point, that these beings aren't nefarious. They're not here for our, our good. And then I want to tell, take people into this direction of it too. It takes me to my next question. You, you classify these aliens in forms as the ones that we all know, the Nordic, the gray, the reptile, and the insect. 
you say that they're clones. Can you talk about the audience a little bit of background on that a little bit? Well, the 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 primary entities that we see in the uh, in this phenomena is the little gray, uh, which has got an IQ of about eighty. He's not that smart. He often can't even put your clothes on right. That's why you realize something's wrong with this picture when he brings you back. Uh, the second one is the one that's taller than he is, looks just like him. He's often referred to as the doctor or the boss. He's a, not a nice guy at all. And then there's a reptilian type creature. There's a praying mantis type creature. There's a being called the Nordic. He looks humanoid uh, pretty much. And, and then, of course, then there's the Bigfoot. And all of these, in my opinion, based on 40 years of working this phenomena, uh, the DNA, if you look at it, you you got to take your UFO hat off to understand this. Because the UFO hat clouds your, everything's got to fit in that hat. But I use seven different hats in my investigations. One of them is a cop hat. One's a medical hat, a science hat, and uh, uh, a spiritual hat, and so on and so on. When you use all these different hats, they see from different perspectives. And that's kind of an important way to do this, because when you look at the DNA of each one of these entities, it's obvious the DNA that they have comes from planet Earth. Yeah. So what are they doing with DNA from planet Earth? And they call them aliens. Somebody came and hatched, cloned, made, or manufactured these entities with the DNA from this planet. And in my opinion, send them back probably without the knowledge that, uh, and, but for the, for our point of view, they're probably aliens from another world. I just don't find any evidence of that. Yeah. And I know you don't like to put too much out there as far as like telling people too a lot of information because they could then turn and use that information and falsify experiences or falsify this or that. Do you, do you know what I mean? But, um, what I wanted to ask you is, did you ever get behind, like, who, who's behind these creatures? Like, is it a fallen angel type, or what, what would you say? Well, the the uh, best way to describe this is there are two primary views about who's behind it, who started, who did this, and so on. And uh, one view is uh, comes from a guy named Zachariah Sitchin, who's got some books out that, in my opinion, are hugely flawed from a scholastic point of view and and, uh, and there are other scholars uh, dr mike heiser and others who have really kind of shredded his theories pretty badly because uh there, because there's so many holes in them but he basically says the the ancient aliens type thing they the gods came down from the heavens and so on well that's kind of only part of the story when you go to back to ancient hebrew and other uh narratives ancient narratives you find that they did come from the heavens, but they came from a little higher than that. They came from a place where I think they were kicked out. And uh, and when they when you get thrown out of a, to use a human term, when you get thrown out of your favorite bar, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get mad at the owner? Probably going to find out where he lives, go down there and raise havoc. And uh, I That's think, funny. <laughs> I think that's where they came and it planted Earth, which originally in a biblical sense, Earth originally was called Eden, the Garden of God. And later it was called Eden, the Garden of Eden, which was a specific location. I think my point is that there, there are two, and I'll, I'll, I'll tie this up for a little differently for other viewers. 
according to Vedic literature, um, they say there's over 100,000 kind of races out there in outer space. I don't know. I hadn't met them all. I couldn't answer that. But I can give you a pretty good, clear hint that there's only two sides. The good and the bad. The odd and the up, right? that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, just so now that my audience is caught up with who you are, and like I said, I think they already know who you are because a lot of my subscribers ask questions, but I'll get into some of the subscriber questions. And that was more with dealing with the trauma and PTSD from abductions. I'm sure you deal with this a lot. Can you give some solace to some people who might be dealing with the situation as to what, where can they turn or what, what can they do? Sure. Uh, there's all kinds of things that uh, people can uh, think about and do, and uh, uh, depending on what, what level they're actually at. In other words, uh, a lot of people are not really... Uh, traumatized in the sense of the word um the uh how should i say this they can live with their problems so to speak i did yeah. many people do uh, there are a few people who literally need therapy because they it, it's so far beyond their th thoughts and expectations they don't know how to deal with this at all and and just don't you know they're elated to to talk to anybody my best general answer for anybody, whether you can deal with it or whether you can't, and this is entirely up to you, is to uh, write me, go to alienhunter.org, excuse me, alienhunter.com, and click on it, email me, it'll, you can hit the button and it'll email me automatically, and ask to be put on the support group. That's and awesome. When did you start a, the support group? Well, I've had this support group probably for 20 years, and these are people who are honest straightforward uh they're all backgrounds you can imagine uh they're all different kinds of beliefs and things but they all have one common thing that they've had these experiences and they would they one of the best therapeutic things that were happened to these people was getting to talk to people who had like experiences for, and for you to say i've had this now this happened and i know it's all got to be fake and as it can be it's got to be that's insane and you find out that you know five other people have had the exact same experience. You're like, oh my gosh, then there is something to this. And it's, it is a huge uh, therapeutic and personal value, I think. It's, it's, it's more good for marvelous. It's a, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge uh, impact. I think it's had a huge impact on the human species. And that's why I think you're so important to this part of the puzzle, because people, I don't think people realize like how big of a, you provide, um, because I don't know if this situation has gone away or if abductions aren't as prevalent. I mean, only you could answer that. But I mean, are, are abductions as prevalent as they were as in the 70s, 80s, 90s? Or, or would you say that the aliens have moved on to, like, some people say the aliens have moved on to South America and they yeah. abduct people more down there? I don't know. You talk to people from South America, so you would know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I travel all over the world. And, uh, the Two years ago, I came back from India, and uh, I've been to every continent except two, Africa and um, Australia. I think the only two I haven't been to, but I've been everywhere else. So um, the, the fact is the aliens busy. They always have been. They're not going to stop until they're finished with their project. In my opinion, here's some good news for everybody. 
based on the best information I have, and it is, it's from them. It's not from somebody's opinion. Is this program is almost over? Wow! The con- contact program is almost over, and in their opinion, it has failed. So whatever it is they think that we think they're doing, they were not totally successful with it. And uh, this program is no more than a hundred to two hundred at the most, two hundred years old, and that's the called the contact program or abduction, whatever you want to call it, or, con- or contact. It doesn't matter whatever flavor you want to address it with. That that program is almost over. Now we don't know if it's we got ten years left, five years, three years. We don't know. Nobody knows that. They didn't let us know that, but they did tell us. Uh, uh, through uh, one of our uh, an engineer that this uh, program is almost over now that was an engineer who was a contactee right or an abductee he was an abductee that got taken in a mass abduction a double mass abduction december 8th 1992 it was a double mass abduction. it was the direct result of my interaction with the alien to get them to respond to us instead of us being a victim in other words they pick you up when they want and that's it we kind of set it up the other way and uh, it worked and they were really upset because they picked up eight of our people in two states and several cities and took them in small craft to a large craft that was approximately 50 miles thick, 600 miles across. And Holy said, shit. well, that's, Excuse that's my language. Somebody, people say, that's just someone's opinion. No. We had, there was an independent astronomer in Japan filming the moon at the time, unbeknownst to us or him, of what we were doing. And uh, he apparently filmed the craft, and we have a copy of that film. It's an absolutely incredible story. And one of the things that they told Dale, because they like him very well, is that uh, this program is almost over. And I remember what you did, too. And I'm a big fan of yours. I re- I've listened to your other podcasts. I know that you you secretly put hypnosis into an abductee or a contactee. You, you use someone who, who was a contactee, right? And you use reverse hypnosis on her. So she would spit out an, a message to the alien once she was captured. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, the, the reason the plan worked, it wasn't because she blurted out information, but it was that she blurted out information that I found in, an, in another abductee that I felt hit something he saw that in my opinion was so uh, damning to their program. If they ever found out that I thought if this is true and I didn't know if it was, but if it is true information, there's going to be a response. And boy, was there, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was huge. That's amazing. Now, so some of my subscribers also asked me that how they can um, protect their children from abductions if they can. And, if there's any preventative measures to thwart an abduction, I kind of put that in two, two questions, two questions, but it's kind of the same thing. But, yeah. So. Well, first uh, let's deal with the children first. Cause that's really important to me as my own son was taken at six years old and I didn't have a clue of what to do or, you know, you're just a victim. You don't know what to do. The, uh, the, the first thing I want to say to, uh, I want to give a, Overly developed right brain people tend to tell stories. So I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, I went to a conference in Columbus, Texas, and I spoke there. 
and I saw this lady. I could tell she was uh, Pentecostal in her faith. She had a long, beautiful dress on and long hair. And uh, she had two little tiny girls on one on each hand standing there. And she had listened to my presentation and she was in tears. And I looked at her and I said, I looked at each of the children. I said, is it both of them? And she just shook her head. Yes. And uh, my heart just was bleeding for her. And I I knew what she was going through. They were getting both her kids. What do you do? I mean, as a mama, what do you think you're going to do about it? So um, here's some advice I give parents to, and, and it also works for adults, but it, the kids get it a lot easier and it's a lot more fun. Rather than uh, most parents, they're, they're kind of weird the way they do this. They kind of don't want to tell their kid about it, so, but they want to protect them, but they don't want their kids to know that they're probably being abducted. If the kid's being abducted, they probably already know that. And <laughs> yeah. they, they, they probably already get it. And you're the yeah. only one that doesn't get it. You know, you're trying to be the parent and trying to protect them, but you're not, you're not doing a very good job of it. <clears throat> so what I generally tell the parent is I want you to, uh, or, or I'll talk to the kid directly. I've got one I'm going to be talking to directly. Uh, it was at Roswell because it, absolutely they're having some horrific difficulties with them. And, and, and uh, anyway, what I will tell the child is simply this. When you have that weird feeling, something's wrong. Something's watching me. I don't, I, you've had that feeling before, in other words, when the event occurs. And maybe that's your signal or your, when you get a sudden fear that you don't, you realize it's, it's, it's something wrong with this picture. And for those that have a biblical background, you'll you'll have a little funnier. Sudden fear doesn't come from God. It comes from somewhere else. So uh, if that is a a useful tool, then that's a a good thing. But by the fact that some people have a fear, some people have a sense that they're coming, or, oh, my gosh, I'm being watched. This is, or I'm, I'm laying in bed, and I... I'm starting to drift off and all of a sudden someone calls my name and it's, I've heard this before and then I get taken or, you know, or have a bad, bad dream. Some kids call it a bad dream because they don't know what to call it. It's like a bad dream to them because it's surrealistic. They don't know how to frame this. They have no context for it. So I tell the child, Okay, what I want you to do, just close your eyes for a second, just lay back like on your bed or sit there in your chair. And just for a minute, get when you, I want you to feel that feeling of that sensation or whatever, like they're coming, they're here, that sort of thing, or something's wrong with this picture. And I want you to sing a little song in your mind. You don't have to sing it aloud, just in your mind. And the more, if that feeling gets more pronounced of they're here, they're coming, oh my God, they're right there, whatever, I, I, I just know they're here. I want you to sing it even louder in your mind consistently over and over and over until you no longer have that feeling that they're there because at that point they're gone. And the reason they're gone is because they were not able to control you. The they're trying they to, because they're trying to take control of your mind, right? Exactly. And when you have them sing this little nonsensical song like, row, row, row your boat, Gently down the stream, merrily, merrily, 
and you have over and over and over. And alien, when they, it's about mind control. It's about getting your attention, your and, and, and focusing you with their skill. And once you interrupt that, uh, most children find this extremely fun and weird. I don't feel like anything happened. I wonder why. You know, you mess you mess with their minds what you've done, and they That's don't amazing. like it. But sometimes you can do other songs too to make it. One of them I like is M I C K E Y M O U S E, and you see it over and over until it's just insane. I mean, they just they leave. They just they got other places to go and other people to abduct. They don't have to mess with you. And this it's a it's a nice. It's, it doesn't stop them from ever abducting you or anything like that. But it gives you for the first time a sense that. I can fight back. I can do something else. And that's just something that I like to give kids as a gift so that they, because you don't have to teach them special stuff. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything with them except show them these basic little tools that are really effective for a lot of kids. That's amazing. Um, have you ever, I have two, two, two questions to bounce off that with this. Um, did you ever have abductees see, like, as they're getting abducted, they see, like, uh, like a screen image all of a sudden or something up in the ceiling of an owl or something like that? Is that, is that ever been prevalent? Sure. The uh, screen, uh, screen memory, let me explain this. Uh, people used to, there was a big argument about screen memories and, uh, and, uh, and uh, that <clears throat> these are programs, you know, that, that people can do this themselves and so on. The biggest screen memory fakes that ever were was the alien. Because you say, well, I saw an owl three foot tall with large black eyes that abducted me. It wasn't an owl three foot tall. That's about the right height. And he had, did have large black eyes. You got that part right. But the other imagery is something they're suggesting to your mind. In my case, when I was four years old, when he came in the room and he wanted me not to remember you will not remember, you know, put that large black eye right next to my little face. You will not remember. And, but I shook my head back and forth again. I broke the program and I kept yelling, no, 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 no. Over and over until he finally left because I wanted to remember him for the clown he was, not for the imaginary clown he wanted me to think he was. He left me with a screen image of a horrific clown. And that was supposed to be my bad dream. And uh, you tell your parents in the morning, it was a bad dream. It was a clown. It wasn't. It was him. And he changed my image and my mind to that. But I wanted to remember him for what he was, and I did. And, uh, and kids have tremendous power if they choose to use it. And so do adults. Adults are just, adults are weird, like, like with kids. A kid, okay, a, an adult does something new like a, a new skill, right? Like a new job. And I failed miserably in my job, honey. It was horrible. I was, it was horrible at my job. I just, I did, it just didn't work out, you know? And he goes back second or third day and it, he just doesn't do any better, so to speak. It's like I fell down three times at my job. I just screwed up over and over and over. I, I'm never going back again. If kids stopped that way, they'd never walk. Yeah. Every time a kid falls down, he didn't think, oh my God, my legs are not working. I'll never be able to walk. Oh, if he thought like adults, he'd never walk. Nothing. 
there'd be a bunch of crawling babies all over the floor forever. There'd be adults crawling. So you have to get rid of that mentality and, and realize that I'll just try something new. I'll just do something different. And you can. It's your brain. You can do it, develop it, and use it in any way you want to. God actually gave you a brain for a reason. And that's the point. We can do things. Yeah, and we can and we can definitely fight back using those messages. Have you ever had anybody have any success actually attacking an alien physically? We have. Uh, there are several cases we have of people who assaulted their captor. Um, one of my abductees, uh, in fact, if those of you who write me want to know about self-defense programs and things like that, I'll send you a free email with a bunch of stuff in it. One of them, one of the emails that you'll get shows a woman in her bed tearing the eye cover off of an alien and him with his little hand like this over his eye. And uh, uh, behind his eye cover was a red stipple screen with uh, five little white lines running back and forth like you might see on a computer screen. Wow. He appeared to be biomechanical. She tore his eye cover off on two occasions. Wow. Now, That's she was amazing. A, she was a woman, as an adult, said the following. Oh, my God, they're going to get my kids. Oh, this is awful. There's nothing I can do. I said, that's not true. When I finished working with her, she was able to tear the eye cover off that guy on two occasions. He didn't come back anymore. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's what I was, I think that's what people want to hear. Like, because like, you know, I think a lot of people just get kind of, what's the word, they get blindsided. I, I guess that's a good term for it. Maybe you would agree. People kind of get blindsided by this phenomenon. And they don't know what they're dealing with. And they, they, they feel like they have nowhere to go. So they find a yeah. show like mine or they'll see someone like you. But if they've usually made their way to you, then they, they probably know some of these things. But if they've just stumbled upon my show, they're trying to learn about what's going on. They've been blindsided by it, I guess, you know? Well, they're coming to a good show then, and they're getting some good information. If they write us, we'll do what we can to help them and put them into a support group. And, uh, and our support group is not, it, it's not everybody can join. Most of the people that apply do get accepted. The few who do not are people who are therapists who want to use the support group to write a book. Uh, that's never going to happen. Uh, the, you have to be an abductee, and our moderator, Carol, once she interviews you very quickly, uh, she determines very quickly that you're real or you're not. And uh, most of the time, we know we know the ones that are real. They're they're easy to spot for a mile. Yeah, and then I only have a couple more questions for you because I don't want. I know you had other interviews today, and I really appreciate you doing this. Like I said. Um, when, when you were on Coast to Coast, you talked about, and you, I know we, we know about the fluorescence, and, 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 and uh, my audience has to know because we talked about fluorescence and we talked about screen memories last time you were on my show. But um, when you were on Coast to Coast, you talked about the different markings you found on abductees, and one I think you referred to as a Mandelbrot set. What all kinds of weird markings have you found on abductees? that uh, they could basically say that they weren't there from some accident happening. Like, and what is a Mandelbrot set? Mandelbrot set is simply a mathematical construction of, uh, of chaos and order. And that was chaos. found on an abductee. Yeah. It was found on the inside of an abductee's arm. Uh, and she was, uh, best way to describe her. She was 
she was brand new to me uh, back in 1992. And I asked her if I could look at her exposed skin, face, arms, and so on with a black light. And she said, well, of course, what are you looking for? And I said, well, um, we don't know. I said, I, I think that there's evidence on, around, or in abductees. And they don't know how to find it. And I'm using my intuition here to acquire that information. So that's what I did. And we, I put the black light on her and it showed a Mandelbrot set. It's kind of a heart light shape in, in the, a fluorescent color. And she ran to the bathroom when she freaked out, said, what the blankety blank is that? And I said, I don't know. She ran to the bathroom and started scrubbing as hard as she could. She reminded me of a rape victim. How they, yeah. they watched themselves and screaming and crying and going out. The more she scrubbed, the brighter it got. You won't get it off. You can't get it off. If it's real, it's alien. It penetrated your skin subdermally on contact. It will go away within 48 hours or thereabout. By itself, the body will simply absorb it. But if you do think you've been physically touched, you can go on our website. I got some super, super duper cheap, like $5 for these little tiny black lights. You can check yourself and there, you can even do it with your children and not be offensive, not make it look like it's a giant science experiment. And it's just a lot of fun to just say, look at this and just shine it on them. And you can look and see if they've got marks on them and you can yourself and they'll never be the wiser. You don't have to traumatize your child. No yeah. Things. That's pretty amazing. And I also wanted to touch on your work with implants. Cause I, this was another thing I heard you say on coast. You weren't speculating, but um, he, George asked you, he was like, do you know what they're for? And you said, well, they're definitely not for tracking. But then you said that some lady talked about that they could affect neurotransmitters, possibly serotonin, dopamine, and if that controls someone. Or Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, the implants seem to, and the alien in general, but implants specifically, seem to be there for the purpose of uh, moderating behavior. Uh, we, we know, for instance, implants are extremely rare. People need, need not be afraid of that. Because, uh, and everybody I've talked to thinks they got an implant. Everybody. They don't. Uh, just because you've got a strange little piece of lead or objects or something, it doesn't mean it's an alien implant. Uh, the fact is, if you've been near a UFO, been in the presence of an alien, or been on board that craft, you are already programmed. It already happened. Period. So, what are some of the side effects of that? Uh, one of them is this feeling of being all alone. I ask this every conference. How many of you people, and I'll ask Dudley questions, and the abductees, it's obvious when they raise their hand, and I'll ask them the last couple of questions. How many of you people out there have had these experiences, seen a UFO or an alien or whatever, or think you have, or had a strange dream in which you had some type of contact like that? How many of you actually feel, regardless of the fact you had a good home, great parents, good everything, they loved you, they cared for you, et cetera. You feel all alone and you know it. And you know your parents are probably not your parents. And the ha same hands go right straight up in the air just like that. I mean, they just raise their hand. Wow. It's, it's so, it, these are the side effects from these events, from abductions, being all alone. And, and there's, there, you can't, it's, it's, it's a program that's being run on you mentally 
and you actually believe that. It doesn't matter how wonderful your parents are. Your DNA checks out to be exactly them. It's your mama. It's your daddy. It doesn't matter. It's a program, and they want you to feel isolated. For you, it's all alone. For the alien, it's isolation. He wants you isolated from other people, not to be part of a support group, not to have any help, just to be all alone, and you know it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, and, and that, that's why I think, like you said, the support group makes a lot of sense because then people won't feel as alone. They'll feel like they're a part of something and maybe that'll give them some, maybe some resurgence in their mind to start fighting back. You know, that, I would, do you think that goes in stages like that? I, I think that's wonderful. A support group is, is, is wonderful. I don't care what anybody says. We've, we've had some absolutely uh, amazing and wonderful experiences in support group. Car- Dr. Carla Turner, when she was still alive, was a dear friend of mine. She came and spoke to our support group uh, privately. And uh, it was, I, I told you the story. I, nobody, I don't think anybody even believed what happened. But the point is that uh, it was an incredible event. And uh, Carla Turner, when it was over, looked at me and she spoke at, at the Houston UFO Network that night, my organization. And she said, only two people will ever work with me hypnotically, ever. One is Barbara Bartholik, that's my mentor. And the other one is Daryl Sims. And she said, and she was speaking about that day, uh, that same day we had at the sport group, she said, I've already seen him work. And I was, thank God she didn't tell everybody what it was she saw because it was a horrific event that happened. And uh, a lady, uh, I mean, we had ENTs there. I mean, it, we'd never seen anything like this before. And it scared Carla Turner half to death. And uh, the lady was revived. And I mean, uh, it, it, was, it was absolutely an amazing, wonderful experience when it was over. Everybody was re- just completely charged up because they realized there's nothing the alien can do to you that we can't undo. That, that's, that's pretty amazing. And then uh, one of my last questions for you was my audience members want to know if you're working on anything TV related or what you're up to now. <laughs> Very smart audience. Uh, I am, as a matter of fact. I can't go into it other than the fact that, uh, yes, I'm being marketed and uh, it, in big time. And uh, we hope that uh, we'll be picked up for that particular thing. I do not want to do a quote unquote UFO show on TV. I want to do something so different that we own it. We don't participate. We're not competing. We own what we do. It's going That's to be pretty amazing. Cool. And what, is there any shows that you did that they can go back and watch? Like you are, you did. I remember what's called. I can't remember what it's called. Right. You did a show. I did. I did, uh, I, I did a, I went to LA uh, two weeks ago and did a show out there and it was a remarkably good show. And the director called me uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, and he said, your interview out here was absolutely astounding. He said, amazing. I've never, he said, we had about a half a dozen people coming, you know, and be, you know, get interviewed and film and all that. He said, they didn't make the cut. He said, your stuff absolutely smokes. So, <laughs> I love anyway, that. It was pretty, pretty good. That, that's pretty good. And I, I was in Dallas this last weekend, and uh, they said in essentially the same thing, and uh, it was absolutely wonderful. 
Uh, so I figure based on doing little cuts and shows like that, people are going to see, oh, my, I'll give you a quick example for, if you'd like to hear it. Yeah. This is, this is a fun one. You'll love this. So I'm sitting in front of this guy who's a, a really not nice contactee. He's a really good guy. I like him. And we've never formally met. He's seen me at conferences and stuff, contact in the desert and all that. And he's got his book in front of him. He's reading it. And I walk up, sit down, and uh, met him. And, and I said, uh, what's an interesting book? He, said, he shows me the alien on the front of the book. And I said, that's not him. He said, uh, uh, what do you mean? I said, that's not the alien that got me. Uh, what do you mean? I said, who did the drawing? He said, oh, the artist. And I said, well, the artist made that up. That's not the alien. And then later, he flips open the book to another section. He says, here he is. That's when he showed me who he really, what he really looked like. I said, no, that's not him. He, 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 he said, the artist drew that. And I said, it's not him. And then finally, he shows me another one. I said, that's not him either. And finally, I opened my flip chart of aliens. They're like a police a flip chart, you know, for assembling perpetrators. And as he, as he flipped through it, we looked at it and everything said, oh, my God, that's him. That's him right there. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, oh, my God, how did you know that? I said, that's not my first rodeo. That's pretty cool. For a long, long time. I know the screen memories. I know what they do. I know that there are very few tricks that they pull. I don't know or I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I remember last time you told me about how to get past the screen memory. And for anybody who didn't tell me, see, uh, Joe, I remember, and I don't even do hypnotherapy. You told me you have to have them tell their story backwards, right? If You can't lie backwards. The nice thing about um, the nice thing about doing police work is one of the things you do when you get somebody in there, for instance, you know that they're guilty of uh, murder or whatever. You got your strong suspect, and uh, what I'll do is go and break the story up in different sections until finally they have to tell it backwards. And you can't lie backwards and be consistent. You can tell truth backwards all the time. That's lies, amazing. Lies are can constructed in your head they're not true yeah well that's a that, thank um can you, everybody can you tell everybody what your websites are and everything where they can find you and stuff like that sure the website is uh alienhunter.com you can go to alienhunter.com and uh click on click on the alien hunter button for me and it'll automatically email me and if you didn't get through do it again because i return every email so I didn't simp- I didn't get it if you didn't get a response. So just do that, and uh, you'll uh, you'll get through to me, and I'll answer your questions and send you all kinds of information. Glad to do it. We don't have much to sell. There's a couple of books there on evidence and how to find evidence and things like that. Black lights are there and a few things, but uh, by and large, I'm not here. It's not a money making enterprise. It's not not our purpose. Yeah. Well, I like I said, you're one of my heroes in this in this thing. I, I really look up to you, Daryl, and I thank you for doing this, taking your time out, and uh, I thank you. Well, brother, you're a, you're a good one, and I, I I think you're a great host, and I think you're doing a great job for people out there who are listening to you. All right. Well, thanks. Have a good night, Daryl. Thank you, sir.
Hey, hello, typical skeptic podcast. I just listened to your podcast on alien abduction. I really love it and it's cool. It's really cool. It's cool. And in line with listening to Sandy Nichols, wow, wow, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. On alien abduction and all of the rest, the paranormals and the rest, spirits and Bigfoot. I love it. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. Nice one, nice one.